0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. A lot of emotion in Pittsburgh today. They've, uh, they've formed a parade, and Kenny Pickett is the Grand Marshal. With that, our Grand Marshal of the segment is Neil Coulong. Sir, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, as always. I'm sure you guys can see the white, clo- the white smoke coming out of the, the pillars around Hines Stadium right now. Everyone uh everyone's fired up and we're not exactly sure why yet. <laughs>
0: they do know they're playing Buffalo, right?
1: Um, I don't know. For the sake of optimism, I think that it, a lot of fans that I've talked to seem to think they're on Buffalo's level and um they're not. <laughs> it's uh it's put it this way, they they pulled off a, a they pulled off one of the weirder wins you'll ever see last year. Yes. A real, you know, yeah. I, I hate to use this word loosely, but a fluke win in Buffalo last year. Buffalo's twice as good as they were last year, and I'm sure they're not real happy about that loss. So, yeah, Killebrew um, had a
0: big day, if I remember the opener. Yep. Or yeah, he did.
1: So, yeah, I mean, uh, when, when Miles Killebrew is one of the stars of the game, something went wrong. You yeah. know, it, it's that's not a normal game.
0: No. It was only a half of football, but what was your thirty minute evaluation of uh, Kenny Pickett
1: 30 minute evaluation is I've never felt this optimistic about a quarterback who's, who threw three interceptions and a half um, I, I've said this about Pickett since they drafted him and that was really more putting him into Pittsburgh evaluating him from from that lens not the pre-draft process right my thought on pickett was confirmed after this game. The sum of his hole is greater than the sum of his parts. He does not have a great arm, and we saw that. That That's going to be, I don't want to say limiting, but you know the, the, the second interception that he threw, the one to, to Claypool, um, he, if that throw should have been made, which at the end I don't think that it should have done. if that throw should have been made, he's got to put that a bit deeper, and I don't know if he has the arm to really do that. That's not a, a death sentence, um, but that was, in my mind, the real flaw. He made a, a mental error and a physical error on, on the interception to, to fry him with him to the sideline. No reason he should have thrown that uh, to a competitive space on the field. It just wasn't a good idea. There was nothing good that was going to come from that. Overall, um, I, I thought he availed himself well. I thought he made two throws that were at least, at minimum, as good as any throw Trubisky's made up to this point. And I felt like, you know, you'd be blind not to, to see that they clearly were playing uh, at, at a much more inspired level when he got in there. Now, is that fear? Are they snapping to attention? I don't know. But you saw play after play. You saw the line really getting aggressive in the run game. You saw Najee Harris crack off two of his best runs of the year. Um, it, they were making plays behind him. And that's what happens when. You've got a a, a a Jets defense up front. They played really well. That's a really well coached unit. Robert Sal has got a lot of things going uh, with that group. They had a nasty looking rush on the throw that the picket got clocked that he completed to, to Frymouth down to about the one. Um, a great uh, uh, rush design from the Jets. The, the kind of the, the point that I made in watching uh, the All 22 tape uh, yesterday was. I, I promise you Trubisky would have seen that exact same scenario, stepped to his heel and flipped it to the outlet, who was Jalen Warren, who was five yards behind the line of scrimmage and w- who was spied uh, intently by the linebacker. He would have lost two yards minimum on that play if he even completed the pass, which would have been the best outcome with uh, Trubisky. Pickett it. Stepped into it. He didn't even get to use his whole body in the throw because he got a, a, he got chin-strapped by the rusher, and he threw a, a perfect ball right where it needed to be. Um, in between two defenders, he can't really lead from with any more than he did, and he can't put it behind him any more than he did. He put it right where it needed to be. It's a great throw at a great time. Those are the kinds of plays that extend drives, that put points on the board, that keep you ahead of, the opponent says behind late in the game and give you the opportunity to be able to come back. Now that didn't work out the way that Pittsburgh would want. Cause like I said, that that mistake, um, not a good throw, not a good decision to, to farm on the side, but they win the game without that. And that's because of Pickett. So I, I overall I'm, I'm happy with it. He's got some things he needs to, to improve. And I think we're going to say that um, certainly a couple more times before the end of the year, he's going up against a very uh, disciplined, defense and I think this is going to be a rough game for a lot of people but um, I I like the decision I like when they decided to do it I don't think we need to stomp on Mitch Trubisky's grave. No, I'm not going to be I told you so guy but what we saw was exactly who we thought Mitch Trubisky was going into this season. That's what they got out of him. If it's time if they needed to buy three weeks three weeks and one half of, of time to get Pickett ready, they've they've got that now and now they can move on. But Trubisky clearly was not going to get the job done. He was given every opportunity, he was given every vote of confidence. And I don't he didn't look great, but I don't even think that wasn't that wasn't even his worst half of football with the Steelers. Yeah. So it, it it was time to make a move. And I, I'm I'm okay with it. I think they'll be ultimately better for it. And the way that they look with a, a nasty Uh, four-game stretch here, we're going to find out if they're drafting in the top seven or not. Um, And and to go along with that, they're going to need to know uh, by the end of the year whether they have their long-term quarterback or not.
0: And remember, Trevor Lawrence, for example, on Sunday after a really good game with the Chargers, threw an interception on the sideline, a ball he should not have thrown. And Lawrence is a, a tremendously talented young quarterback with the emphasis on the word young. Kenny Pickett is a guy that I have talked about on this show since the off season of 17 into 18, because I I said once, I said a hundred times in the show, leading from the off season of 17 into 18, I said, hey, look, Penn State still has to play Pitt in 18 and 19. Pitt's got a quarterback, right? And Kenny Pickett. Now in 18 against Penn State, he did nothing. I mean, he actually played a really lousy game. But in 19 here, even though Penn State won the game, Pickett was terrific. So I've been talking about this guy for for almost four years, almost five years now, and and you've seen him for four or five year, years there. Um, but I want to ask you about the defense without what, How big a hole is it? And what's it?
1: Cre- you know, what was it? Twenty-one of the last twenty-five plays were run by the Jets. Yes, they scored two touchdowns and to win the game. Um, it, it was the Steelers' game to win. They absolutely won that game over the, the speed of the third quarter, and they lost it. Um, I, I will put a, a chunk of that on picket because, again, bad decision, uh, bad throw. But defensively, they needed one stop, and they just never got it. I mean, it, Arthur Mallet got destroyed uh, for, for the bulk of the second half. The Jets, the way they looked in those last two drives, um, it, it felt like, offensively, they must have put up 500 yards. They must have been 11 of 12 on third down. They didn't, the Steelers' defense overall played well. They stopped a, a lot, but they got gashed at the end when it counted, and, and we're seeing that more and more. To me, we've talked about this often uh, with T.J. Watt, it, it's, his stats are impressive, no doubt. But I, I, I've hung my hat on this game last year. Remember the Seattle game last year. Yes. Watt got a sack, I think, on third down, mm-hmm. uh, the first drive of the game. Then he did nothing until overtime. And in overtime, he had back-to-back sacks on right. that drive that forced the punt and, and eventually still took the ball and won. When you have a player making those kinds of plays in big moments, they stand out off of the, the stat page. The Steelers are not getting anybody doing anything, even half of that right now. And they're losing the big plays of the game uh, on the defensive side. And that's killing them. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick stepped up, huge play, um, great interception, almost scored. Pickett was able to to convert that into points. You thought the game was over at that point. Yeah. Um, The interception comes after the defense is probably already gassed. You need them to step up and make a play, and it just didn't happen. So uh, it, Watt's absence is is looming large over a defense that is not playing uh, without him uh, to a, a proportionate level. Uh, if anything, it just kind of shows that T.J. Watt's the legitimate MVP of the entire league because the defense is flat mediocre without him. Right. And uh, when he gets back, I'm sure we're going to notice that very quickly, and they need him back.
0: Which then brings up this point. Without him, one of the hallmarks of teams that really struggle is that on days when one unit's doing really well, another unit lets them down. And in the first few games, the offense let them down. Sunday, the defense let them down. How concerning is that, that they cannot put both units together at the same time?
1: Um, a, a, a concern is your expectation for this team is uh, a postseason berth. That wasn't my expectation. I'm not overly surprised by this. I said they're they're probably a 7-10 and 10 team, and they're one key injury, hint, hint, away from worse than that. Uh, that's where they are right now. They're playing like that. I'm not surprised because the defense, I, I don't think they're ready yet, um, and they're not getting a sustainable pass rush without Watt, and that's going to be a problem in in today's pass-heavy league. Their secondary isn't good enough to cover uh, that much for that long. And when Zach Wilson has two drives where he rips you up, um, converts, like, uh, what was it, four of six third-down opportunities on the last two drives, you're not playing well. Offensively, like, you know, Pickett, Trubisky, um, you know, Jack Trudeau, whoever, was Sha- going to be under center, Sha- this was Sha- – I don't know where I pulled that from. Nah, that's way. really no, good. That's, I, that's, that's a good from. one. I like that one. He was a classic. Yes. But uh, put, put him under center, I'm not sure the offense is any better or any worse. It's not a good offensive team. They're very young, and there are a lot of new pieces in there. You know, it, interesting, fun stat. I counted this, including injuries. Mike Tomlin has yanked his starting quarterback – during a game, seven times in the last 53 games they've played. Mm -hmm. When you have Ben Roethlisberger, people get the sense that Tomlin doesn't ever have to make these decisions. Uh, Roethlisberger was one of those for obvious reasons. 2019, he couldn't go. They had to put uh, uh, Mason in. Yeah. Even with that, though, Excluding Ben Roethlisberger, Tomlin's got a real quick hook. <laughs> there are not a whole lot of coaches that are yanking quarterbacks that fast. Yeah. But the, the point for this year is uh, just like 2019, they're now turning over the keys to a guy making his first start for their team. Yep. Um, it was a rookie then with a kind of veteran. It was a veteran first this year. Now it's a rookie. Um, they're new players either way. They're new players. You're going to see good things and you're going to see bad things. And they have the advantage early of, of teams not really having a sense of what, they're, what they are aiming to do with Kenny Pickett. Um, that advantage wears out fairly quickly, and the, the hope is you can get ahead enough to a lead uh, and play defense the rest of the way and, and be able to hold on for a win. This isn't the set of opponents to do that with, but overall the, the point on offense is they're all very new and you hope that there was something that you could have done to differentiate a new team versus what you did last year. I don't think Buffalo is going to be very surprised by the film that they've put down to this nice. point. It looks very similar to uh, the team they played last year, uh, just with probably a, a, a less intelligent quarterback. And uh, offensively, they're going to they're going to struggle to move the ball. I, I, I'm not saying that Pickett is good or bad. I'm saying just as a as mm. an overall unit. They're not very good. It's high time people start to recognize that they really aren't all that good. No, they don't have the best receiving core in football. Their quarterback position is shaky. The line is coming along, but it's still um, they're, they're still getting tripped up like we saw uh, versus the Jets. They got destroyed schematically uh, by New York. Um, they're, they're not getting enough from a lot of people, and all of that was still kind of a work in progress. You're mixing up the quarterback again. Uh, another new player out there that might help you for a little bit, but it might hurt your own team even more. I, I to me, that that's kind of the position that they're in. Um, they're they're going to need to find a way to schematically uh, take advantage of the elements of surprise that they have, and uh, we'll we'll see on Sunday how much how much value that has. Uh, but they're 14-point underdogs for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and that's they do have some tape. Just like, and we'll get into this probably at a later time, but if you know, you know, so you could think about this for a moment. Notice how the fourth down thing and the two-point thing are not quite having the same success as they did because now everybody has tape and they're now practicing your fourth down plays. It's amazing how that happens in today's game.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. You can ask the you can ask the Baltimore Ravens about that. Yep. I mean, it, it's it, that's a team that's, that has now put down so much film um, in in doing exactly. what the numbers suggest that they should. I happen to agree with it. Um, it, it, it those numbers though don't qualify for the plays that get busted up due to a gap pressure, getting in the quarterback's face and distracting him enough yeah. to not see the wide open receiver. Yeah. And then from there, you, you push him back. He's not able to run to the sideline and escape. And you've got a very high percentage play. Um, it, overall, Jim or John Harbaugh is correct in the decision to go for that. If you mm-hmm. want to look at it from a, a statistical standpoint. And I agree with that, but at the same time, I've agreed with the last four times it's failed for John Harbaugh in the and the Ravens, so at what point here do you say that your execution is more of a problem than the global yeah. population that you're faced yeah. with? And that's what the Steelers are going to end up doing. They're, they're putting too much stuff down. Um, they, they need to constantly evolve, but yeah. they didn't do the first stuff well enough to think that they have something else. And right. it's kind of late to just change everything up, too. Right.
0: True. Neil, you're always the Grand Marshal of this parade. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.